All right, Faith Promise, grab a chair, put on your spiritual seatbelts, and get ready. Welcome to the house of God. Welcome all of our campuses. Thrilled to see you this weekend. Uh, this weekend, our Campbell County campus opens up its second service, so they're moving from one to two. Uh, amen. It's great. Facelift over there, excited about what guys are doing in Campbell County, Anderson County, Rockin, North Knox's record attendance, Blunt County record attendance. They're at three services, and they are looking where they're going to put the fourth service at Blunt County. And uh, Pellissippi record, our attendance is, is just through the roof. And so you may look around and say, well, you know, there's nobody back there in the grandstands. Well, first off, because y'all hadn't filled them. <laughs> Amen. It's sheep's job to produce sheep, right? And so y'all got, but, but remember, we have three services now. We started the early service, and many of you are not up when that service begins. But we have an earlier service, and because of that, we still have room to grow in our, in our 10 o'clock service and our 1130 service. And so our internet campus record attendances, of course, I don't know, the sex series may have had something to do with that. Thank you guys for great emails. I will talk from time to time about ugly emails that I get, but I want you to realize that all, just the bulk of the emails I get are positive, and you guys are amazing and encouraging, and I'm so grateful to get to be your pastor. It's just, it's just one of the greatest privileges of my life. This past Wednesday night, we had bass. We had 1,400 middle schoolers and high schoolers across our campuses at student ministry. Man, I have never been more thrilled about a next generation. We've got so many people that are plotting the ministry course, believe they're being called and, and serving in every aspect of our, in, of our church. It's exciting. Now, our sex series drove a few people to put their kids in kids' ministry. Last weekend, over 1,700 kids in kids' ministry. It's almost a mega church of children. And so some of you, some of you know what you think, boy, I wish it was a church like Faith Promise when I was young. I wish I'd have gotten this when I was young. Well, okay, many of us, we missed it, but, we're, but our next generation is not. And so it's radical, it's cool, we're, 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 we're just excited about what God's doing. By the way, two seats just opened up. Two people had to back out of the Israel trip it's this October. I know it's quick, but there's two seats. Deadline is the 26th this coming week. And if, if you want to be a part of that, it's going to be an absolute life-changing trip. If you'll call my assistant, Gloria, and uh, we'll see. We'll, I think there's two empty, empty seats, and, and you guys can be a part of that. Y'all excited to be in the house of God? I was glad when they said unto me, God, Father, Lord, maker, creator of the universe, we come before you in the strong name of Jesus. We believe that your spirit is here. You said you inhabit the praise of your people, and God, we're about to break open the living word of God. And we're believing for revelation. We're believing for an impartation. And God, as we talk about your body and how you designed it and organized it, God, there's some people that are not connected with group for supernatural support, for accountability and discipleship. I pray, as a matter of fact, I believe it's already done in the heavenlies. There'll be hundreds of people this weekend that will connect with small group ministry to, uh, for support, for encouragement, for discipleship. It'll be the greatest leap we've ever seen in that ministry. I'm believing it. I think it's the, your heart, your will. So I can't wait to see what you're going to do. Open our eyes. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, give him praise in the house. I, I try 
tried to get in the apartment and I didn't have a key that would work. It changed the lock, so I ended up having to break the door in to go in to, to see what was wrong. And when I opened his bedroom door, I found him deceased. I hadn't seen my son and uh, I hadn't talked to him in a couple of days and I had texted him and by Saturday afternoon I decided to, to go see him. Uh, he had had a firearms accident and uh, I immediately backed out of the room and called the police. At that same time I realized that my wife was at home by herself and that I was going to be stuck there for some time and I couldn't just call her and tell her our son's dead. The first thing that came to my mind was my group leader, and I called him and he answered the phone and I told him what was going on. And he said, John, I'll go to your house and be with Carol. And the next thing I knew, my doorbell was ringing and it was my small group leaders. And I had a bad feeling, because shortly after that, a few more showed up. I got the phone call from my husband that our son had passed away, but our small group was there. I couldn't imagine having to be here by myself and hear that from my husband without someone here with me, but they were here. They held me, and it meant a lot to me. That meant so much to me to know that I had a group of people that were my family. My wife and I were both in shock, and I'm just so glad that we had somebody that would, that would help us. I looked out of the house one evening, and I seen a car sitting out front, and it was several people from my small group um, holding hands and just praying for us. I'll never, ever forget my small group. They were at our call, I mean, constantly. Anything we needed, they were there. And it was wonderful to know that we have a, a group of people that we can count on. I'm just so thankful that I am in a group. But if you place yourself in a point in life that you don't have anyone spiritually surrounding you, uh, you're just setting yourself up for a fall. And I'm tickled to be able to lead a group of people. Faith Promise has been the best thing that ever happened to me. Wow, man. You know, when life falls apart, a small group of people that surround you is your lifeline. It's the people that hold you up. It's the people that walk with you. It's the people, the, the law of Christ is, 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 is holding each other's burdens. And so as I've watched that multiple times and my heart breaks, but I tell you, my heart breaks even more for people that go here, that attend this church, but they are not in a small group for supernatural support. I'm so grateful for this group. What you didn't hear them talk about, you didn't hear them talk about me, our pastors. You didn't hear them talk about our staff. What you heard was their small group. The people who were there where the rubber meets the road, when life fell apart, they were there for them. We call them around here flat tire friends. It's somebody you can call at 3 o'clock in the morning that will actually answer the phone. 
Because you can call a lot of people. You may have their phone number, but as soon as they pull their phone out and they see it's you and it's three, they just let it ring on. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about people that are going to pick it up and say, what's wrong? How can I help you? What do you need? In the book of Ecclesiastes, the wisest man that ever lived said this, two are better than one. For they have a better return for their labor. He said, two are better than one. If it is cold, one will be cold, but two can stay warm. Two are better than one. If one falls in a pit and he is alone, he can't get out. But if there's two, the other one can help him up. Two are better than one, Solomon goes on to say, because if you are attacked, one can't defend himself, but two can stand against a force. Two are better than one. God always, always intended for us to be in a group for ministry and care and support. Now, Bubba, come on, Bubba, I'm talking to you, who are too busy and don't need it. First off, if, you're, if, you, if you don't have any issues, you need to be helping somebody else. But secondly, your issues are coming, and you're going to need somebody to hold your hands up. You're going to need somebody to stand beside you in the midst of that rain. Now, we live in the day of the rise of social media and smartphones, don't we? It's amazing how many hours a day people spend in front of Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest and Groupon and on and on and on. That's really not the world I live in. I do a little social media only for encouragement and prayer and to keep you guys posted on some stuff. But we, you know, most everybody's on Facebook and you may have 500 friends on Facebook who poke you and who wants you to give an animal to some farmer city they're building, don't want to care about your city on Facebook. I care about the kingdom of God, but not your kingdom on Facebook. Are you with me? And see, the deal is when all hell breaks loose, when the wheels fall off, most of those people that you're out there in the cyber world together are not going to walk with you. They're not going to be on your couch. They're not going to be sitting holding your hand when, when, when the wheels come off. See, Facebook is fine. I'm not hammering Facebook. Facebook is great, but we need some face-to-face more than we need Facebook. Are you with me? But we live in a day. We live in a day where social media is rising, but social interaction is declining. So in a few minutes, more like 30, in about 30 minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to connect with a small group if you're not in one. I challenge you. Man, I want to encourage you. Get in a group. You say, well, I was in a group and I didn't like it. Good, fine. They're probably glad you're gone. But the, <laughs> go try another one. If I go to a restaurant and I don't like it, I don't quit eating. I find me another one. I've been to McDonald's. I like Ruth Chris better. <laughs> and so find you, an- find you another one, but get connected. Because this is what our Lord said. Jesus said this. In this world, you'll have what? Tribulations. Now, I'm a faith guy, and I'm a Bible guy, and I believe every promise, and man, we all claim promises. Most people don't sit around claiming that promise, but it is actually a warning from our master that while we're on this planet, while with the curse of God since, since the beginning, we're going to need support. Ever since sin slammed headlong into the Garden of Eden, and created the first sin and the first murder and all that kind of stuff, God began to step in to give support, supernatural support in his providential plan, his provision to help people that were struggling. And the fact of the matter is, we're all going to experience a train wreck, are we? Excuse me? 
Let, we're, we're going to. You either, you either just finished one or you're in one or you're going to go into one or the person next to you is in one, maybe because you're beside them. But somebody right there, it, it's a train wreck. And, and I want to give you a biblical principle. Please, in the name of Jesus, don't miss what I'm about to give you. It's on the screen. It will be too late to look for support after the wheels come off. John and Carol got the worst news of their entire existence. They were walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It was every parent's worst nightmare because, see, kids are supposed to bury their parents. Parents are not supposed to bury their children. And when you do, it's out of order, and it's horrible, and it's terrible, and I've been with so many families walking through this. But had they not been in part of a group for supernatural support, it would have turned out differently. It would not have, it it was horrible, but they received supernatural support. Now, let me tell you what happens every week at our church. Every week, the phone rings into, into our office, and someone says, my life is falling apart. The doctor said cancer. My husband said he doesn't love me anymore. My wife didn't come home. My child has run away. My boss said they're outsourcing our department. I know I don't have a job. We're losing our home. We're losing our car. We don't every day, man, every day those roll in. And our first question always is this. Are you a part of a small group? And you know what? Almost always the answer is no, or they wouldn't call the office. Because you call the office, you get a switchboard. And you don't know that person behind that telephone. John didn't call somebody he didn't know. He called his small group leader who he knew would be right there for him. Who would drop everything that he was doing and that they would be there. And their small group did the exact same thing. See, now we get those calls and listen, listen, listen. We welcome those calls. We want to minister to those people. But let me tell you what happens. We get a call. My husband's had a heart attack. Please send somebody to the hospital. I go, or one of our staff goes, one of our prayer people go, and they've got to call back and say, hey, what was that guy's name at St. Mary's? What was that guy's name at UT Medical? And you got to find the room, and you walk in, you don't know him. Are y'all with me? Or, or it's, you know, they're at such, such an address, and you got to Google their address. You've got to get MapQuest, and you've got to, because you've never been there. You don't know their kid's name. You don't know their dog's name. You don't know where they went to high school. You don't know anything about them, and you walk into that. But when you're in a a group that you are loving and being loved, you are sharing and caring, then when the wheels fall off of your train, they will be there for you. Amen? Because the Bible says you reap what you If you will sow care now, you will reap care later. And so God has always been designing and developing things for supernatural support. He developed the family for support. And that the family's fracturing in our culture. And, and many of us, most of the pain that we experienced was not out there in the back alley. It was actually at home. So what did God do? God invents the church, the body of Christ, a second family a place for support, a place to experience healing and help and hope, and a place to to belong, that we learn from each other, we grow together. The New Testament is full of what I call one-anotherings. We're to love one another. We're to encourage one another. We're to disciple one another. We're to care for one another. We're to bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. We are to weep with those that weep. We are to rejoice with those that rejoice. We are to one another each other. Amen? 
And if you're not in a group, you don't get to one another people. Because it's hard to one another shoulder to shoulder. And so let me tell you what the church has become in the 21st century in America. Not in, not in China, because they don't have buildings. They have all house churches. And, and in India, but in America, the church has become a destination. Let's go to church. It's a place that we go. It's an event that we attend. And so few people see it as a family that we belong to. Are y'all hearing me? Is anybody out there? And that, man, that is the deal. And so people come to church. They come to the house. And they feel disconnected. And they don't feel like anyone there knows them or knows their name because no one does. I, have, I run into people all over East City they say, they, and they'll say, hey, are you the pastor of Faith Promise? Yes, I am. Actually, when somebody points at me now, I walked into, into Home Depot in Oak Ridge and two guys at the end of the aisle looking at me talking. I just said, yes, I am. Because <laughs> that's the only thing I am. So nobody knows me any other way except the pastor. Yes, I'm the pastor of Faith. I was in Dallas yesterday morning. Somebody, hey, are you the pastor of Faith Promise? Yes, I am. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm, the, I'm the pastor. But when people say, I visited your church, what I want to look at them say, no, you came to a worship experience. If you would have visited our church, you'd have been in somebody's living room around a coffee table with a pot of coffee or a Diet Coke, studying and praying and loving and encouraging and be there for each other. Because that was the design of our Lord when he birthed the church. Do you all agree with that? Now, almost 7,000 people this weekend, a lot of faces. And we need, we need the church together. So, so what we do now is we, we plug people in early. Right now, there are hundreds of people caring for your preschoolers. Good night, how many kids can you people have? <laughs> of course, out of a sex series, there's going to be more. But, but we've got preschoolers, and they're, they're worshiping, and they're doing, but then they break up, and some adult will be sitting on the floor with, with your three, your four-year-old, and they'll be teaching them a Bible lesson. And if you go to kids' ministry, it'll be the same way. They'll be worshiping. They'll be doing stuff for Club 45, but it's going to end up around an adult <clears throat> holding a Bible, and they're going, to be te- they're going to be in group. On Wednesday night at every one of our campuses, in our middle school ministry, they're all going to be in a group with an adult. Our high schoolers in a group with an adult. We want to train them early. Amen? Some of you, all hell would never have broken loose if you'd have had a Christian adult in your life when you were 13 who could have looked at you and not let you do what you were about to do. Because, see, part of support is not letting people fall away. Are you with me? Because, see, we all have blind spots, right? Come on. I mean, maybe not you, but the person you're sitting next to has a blind spot. And they, obviously they do because they married you, so they're blind about it. And so the, 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 deal is, the deal is this. Other people see our blind spots, and they help us. They speak life into us. If, you know, if one falls down, there's got to be another one to pick them up. And so what we, well, I want to challenge you. Please, listen, Mom and Dad, get your kids in group as early as possible at this church because our, it's our job to partner with you to do the most difficult thing you will ever do in life, and that is to raise a human. Now, you're wondering, some of y'all, if your kids are fully human or not. I got that. I had a couple that I thought were the missing links. But, and so, and so we, we partner with you. And so get your kids in kids ministry. Get your kids in student ministry. Man, it is critical that other people walk around you. If Hillary Clinton ever got anything right, it was it takes a village. 
And it takes a village to raise godly kids. Amen? And you need help. And so that's why we provide that ministry. See, worship is great. We're sitting in rows. Where I love rows. I get paid to preach to people in rows. I love rows. But see, rows are shoulder to shoulder. Then you go to another level we call the core are the people that are committed at Faith Promise. And you can go to our Next Steps experience and find out about that. But they're heart to heart. But then you get in a group, small group. I mean, it's face to face in the core. But you get in a small group, it's heart to heart. That's why when your life falls apart, that person that understands your heart, that knows where you are, knows how to pray, knows how to walk with you, knows when to call you, knows what to do. See, group is where faith comes to life. It's where we give care and support. It's where it happens across the body, across all the people. Does that make sense? Now, let me, let me get, I want to get, whether you believe in the devil or not, he believes in you. Let me give you three things that the enemy wants to do. I mean, let's look at this. The enemy wants you what? He wants you what? Isolated. Isolated. The Bible says that he is a, roaming, he is a roaring lion roaming about seeking whom he may devour. And so if you know anything about how a lion hunts and the reason that God equates the devil with a roaring lion because of three things. Number one, the first thing the devil wants to do is he wants to cut you out of the body. He wants to cut you out. See, if, if animals are in a herd, then the lions can't get to them, right? But what a pack of lionesses or lions do is they lay back, they watch, and then they will come in and they will, they will cut an antelope or a deer. They'll cut, a, they'll cut an animal away from the herd, and now that animal is unprotected, and he is about to be eaten alive. And see, that's what the devil wants to do. Matter of fact, our theme this year is to be planted in the house of God. Psalms 92, those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish like the cedars of Lebanon. They will flourish in the courts of our God. And so we want to help people plant, be planted. But guess what the devil wants you to do? Get unplanted. And I've watched it for 33 years of ministry. Listen, the first thing that people do, the first thing that people do when all hell breaks loose, when the wheels come off, the first thing people quit do is quit going to church. They immediately, well, you know, nobody will understand, and I got a divorce, or, or I have this, and so, I've, you know, the devil, again, there's the lion cutting you out of the herd. Because, man, you are easy prey when you are unplanted in the house and out of a group and not in a body. 1 Corinthians 12, 12, even as the body is one, yet it has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one, so also is Christ. When you're alone, you're easy prey. Does that make sense? And so the de- whether you believe in me or not, when you're alone, you're in trouble. Number two, the devil wants to cut off your lifeline and your support. And at Faith Promise, the lifeline happens within a small group ministry. And so the devil wants to cut you out, cut you off and cut you out. In 1 Corinthians 12, let's look at it again. For even as the body is what? Yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one. Also, as also is Christ, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one spirit. Do you see a word that keeps coming up? We are one. And I tell you what I love about the church. See, the world's all about categorization. 
You're rich, you're poor, you're black, you're white, you're male, you're female, you're Hispanic, you're Asian, you're this, you're that. And we categorize the sub and sub and subcategorize. When you enter the body of God, we are one. Men, women, boys, girls, black, white, rich, poor. Man, we are precious in his sight and we are one. We are one. We need each other. We are totally interdependent on one another. That's the way God designed it. So in the church, we receive support and we give support. When you are alone, it is so easy to believe the lies of Lucifer. You're dumb. You'll never make it. You'll never lose weight. You'll never graduate. You'll never get out of debt. You'll never overcome. This sickness is going to kill you. You'll never get married. You're no good. You're nothing. You're, 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 you're. And if you're alone, there's no other voices to look and say, those things are lies. Let me speak the word of God into you. Let me speak faith into you. Let me speak life into you. If one falls down alone, there is no one to pick he or she up. Are y'all with me? Is this okay? Number three, the third thing that the devil does is he cuts off your life. John 10, 10, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Death, physical death, spiritual death, relational death, emotional death, every way the devil can kill you, he wants to kill you. And so Jesus built his church for supernatural support of the saints. That's why we come together, not to hear Chris preach or to hear Justin sing. We come for support and worship. Amen? Planted in the house means you are going to be involved in a small group for support, for accountability, for discipleship. Let me get, matter of fact, when you're in the body, we, we get to make a difference. Let me read you an email I got this week. I got this Monday. I hadn't had this ready, one service yet. Pastor, I'm, I didn't ask permission, so I'm not going to give you this person's name. Pastor, you, know, you, you don't know me, my, my name is blank. I've been to church in years. I attended last Sunday. I want you to know you saved my child's life. See, I had an abortion schedule for Monday, but after hearing you preach, I decided to cancel my appointment and live for God. I just want to say thank you for helping me and look forward to seeing you every Sunday. Now, amen, praise God. Amen. What does she need? Excuse me? She needs a small group. Who's going to throw her a baby shower? Who's going to, who's going to, can she call at 2 o'clock in the morning? That kid's a colicky and she wants to throw it out the window. Who's going to be there for her? See, it's easy to celebrate a life saved, but a life saved is a life that's got to be supported. And so you got to be in a group to give and receive support. you got to be connected. It's how God organizes the body. Your body, your physical body is organized. It works. Maybe not as well as it used to work, but it still works. Everything has a part and a place. It's how God organizes his army. We are a platoon, or we break up into platoons, which are small groups. We're a band of brothers. We're a band of sisters supporting each other. Fox, whole fellowship. That's what we do. That's why next month we've got a men's and women's group. Both of those are to help people get people connected. Guy Fest and Bold, women's conference uh, next month. Man, it's a great place to connect. It's all about connecting people to God and connecting people to his church through connecting in groups. Does that make sense? Right, so, man, get there. Come on. You, we, do, we do it for you. So let me, let me give you a long, lengthy scripture passage that we may not make it through, and that's okay. 
But I want to, in 1 Corinthians 12, go back to verse 1. And Romans 12 is very much like this. It gives another list of gifts. But it's about the body. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, before you were saved, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Now, you used to, be, used to bow down to sticks and woods and stone and all that kind of stuff when you were pagan. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Holy Spirit says Jesus is accursed. And no one says Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same what? I want you to notice about the body and the oneness. There are varieties of ministry and the same. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works. How many things? All things in all persons. You have a part to play, a role to play in the body. Listen, and when you don't play your role, the body is dysfunctional. The body is deformed. We're not going to win as many people. We're not going to have our redemptive potential because the church, when it is working right, is the hope of the world. And when you're not filling your role, somebody else has to do it, and they're not as good as you because you're gifted by God to do that role. Is anybody listening? Come on. Blount County, y'all guys listening. God who works all things and all, but each one has been given a manifestation of the Spirit for the common what? See, it's all about the body. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, one, and, and to another the word of knowledge, according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and another gifts of healing, both the, by the one Spirit, and to another effects of miracles, and to another prophecy, another the interpret, uh, distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things. Look, listen, what God does. Distributing each one individually just as who wills. So quit complaining that you don't have somebody else's gift. Use your gift. Amen? Use the way God wires you. Use who you are. To, as he wants. As he, for even as the body is how many? Yet has many members. All the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, as Christ is. For by one spirit, we were all baptized, one body, Jews, Greeks, slaves are free, and we are all made to drink of one spirit. Do you guys see the pattern? One, 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 we're one. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I'm not part of the body. I see the church. Come on, somebody needs to help me right here. I see this every day. Well, well, I can't sing like Michelle or I can't do this like that person. You're not them. You're not supposed to do it like they are. God has given, but well, I'm, man, hey, listen, man, I'm not a hand. I'm a foot, but I'm not a hand. So I'm not a hand. I'm quitting. Well, God is the one that designed where you would fit in the body. Amen? And so he gets to make those calls. It is not for this re- is it not for this reason any less a part of the body? And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body. What if you were one big honking eye? <laughs> Just a big eye. No feet, you'd roll everywhere and your eye would hurt because all you'd be was an eye. The only place you could go is Monsters, Inc. Nobody can be an eye. <laughs> a big eye, it's just part of the body. Is it not for this reason any less a part of the body if the whole body were an eye, where would hearing be? My goodness, if the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? 
And I try not to go this way because you can see the profile. I like smell. I'm the nose. And so, but God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If we were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members but one body. And the eye can't say to the hand, I have no need of you. Man, why don't you just chop your hand off this afternoon and see how that works. But that's the church. One foot, one hand, one leg, one eye. Not seeing very good. One ear. I mean, we're deformed because so many people, all they do is attend. I go to church. No, you are the church. You don't go to the church. You came to church. You are the bride. You are the body. You are the army. Woo! On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body would seem to be weaker. Again, opposite of the world. The church is so different. Which seems to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow more abundant honor. And our less presentable members become much more presentable. See, in the church, we, we focus on the people that can give. We focus on the people that can do. And God says, actually, the members that are less honorable need more honor. Those that are less presentable need more ministry. They need more support because they're going to grow up. They're going to they're grow out, and they're going to become something different. But the presentable members have no need. You can't say that. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which is lacked, so that there may be no what? No division in the body. How can we be divided when we're one? How can one body be in three parts? But that the members may have the same care for one another. And the, uh, if one member suffers, who suffers? We all suffer with it. If one member is honored, then all the members rejoice with it. Now, you are Christ's body and individually members of it. And you've been gifted. And you say, but you know, man, I don't like the church. There's nothing else. Has the church screwed up? You bet it has. Has the church given the world a club to beat itself up with? Sure it has. But it's still the hope of the world. And so I'm committed to the body of Christ. I'm committed to Michelle and I decided before we got married we would spend our whole life for the body of Christ that we would spend every dime and all of our energy in building the body of God. Now, how do you get into the body? You don't join it. You don't get baptized into it. You don't get good enough into it. You don't cut your hair and change how you dress into it. You are born again into it. Jesus said, if you're not born again, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And so some of you, man, you quit going to church when you were 16. Somebody hurt you. Somebody ditched you. Did you wrong? I quit going when I was 14 when a guy looked at me and said, hey, next time you come to church, how about dressing better? Now, I wish I could see him today because I'd lay hands on him about the head, neck, and shoulders. What that idiot, idiot, did not know is it was the best clothes I had. And he looked at a 14-year-old kid saying, man, next time you come to the house of God, how about dressing up? I said, hey, that's no problem, chump. I'll never come back. I'll show you. Well, now, it didn't hurt him, did it? It hurt me. 
And so you are born again into the body. Jesus is awesome. He died on the cross to pay for your sins. He rose from the grave to prove that he was the Son of God, and he is ready right now to change your life and become your Lord and write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you will never, no, never, no, never, never be the same if you get saved and into the body because transformation happens in the body. Amen? So with every head bow, if you're ready, every one of our campuses to give your heart to Jesus. We're going to pray a prayer with you. It's a confessional prayer. We're going to pray with you right now. Say, dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned and I'm separated from you. But you died for me. You paid for my sins. Thank you. I confess you as my Lord. I want to follow you the rest of my life. I want to be a part of your church. I want to walk by faith in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,